Oh no, McCoy. What? Hold on. I might be getting the hiccups. I'm trying. I gotta fight it off. I need a burp. That's- Hold on. <laughs> Do. <laughs> It would be the worst thing in the world right now for me to get hiccups because I will have them for the next half an hour and we would have to wait to record. <laughs> oh, no. I think I did it. I think I fought them off. You fought them off. Also, it would be terrible because I'd be a grouch if I got hiccups because I hate hiccups. <laughs> I hate that when they just won't go away. Oh, it's the worst. And mine are always, if, if I get them, they're super violent and like after every single one I'm just like I hate this feeling I hate it so bad it's just like ugh, the worst so two I fought it off so proud of myself we can we can begin Jazza Gals with McCoy. Hi, it's Emily. Emily's here too, as usual. <laughs> We're consistent, more consistent than the Jazz are. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, what a what a weird week. So we yes, <laughs> we started on a high note, had a had some valleys, and then came came back out on top. So. Yeah, it was like a sandwich of a week, you know? Bread, great. Shit in the middle, you know? Not great. <laughs> Not great. But, you know, we started off well. We had our first big road trip of the year. And we started in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And we ended up winning that game 130 to 109. So, pretty decent blowout there. Yeah, I thought we looked super great in that game. Um I just, I don't, I don't, it feels like this every year, but it's just like, I never know what to expect. So I just always assume they're going to lose. <laughs> and so I'm pleasantly surprised when they play well and they win. And so that happened on, I think it was Sunday, right? That they played in the Spurs last Sunday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was, pl- I was pleased with it. How did you feel? Yeah, it was really good I mean they came off that great win against the Clippers and they just Mm -hmm. kept that momentum and their shots were falling offense looked really clean and crisp and then they uh, decided to go to the state of New York (laughs) man they maybe New York is their kryptonite maybe that's what the issue is so they go and they they go to New York they start with the Brooklyn Nets and shorthanded Brooklyn Nets (laughs) Uh, yeah, geez, no Kevin Durant. He was on COVID-19 health protocols. Mm-hmm. But Kyrie was playing, and he smoked us. So Yeah. he Didn't he, like, outscore the Jazz himself single-handedly in the first quarter or something like that? I believe he or did. close to that. <laughs> yeah, that was a very cold, ice-cold start for the Jazz. Yeah, on, I only watched... I only watched quarters two through four of that game. So I missed the first quarter and I think that was okay because <laughs> it sounded yeah. pretty terrible. It got out of hand pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. We just I never feel... able to recover. Ugh. Yeah. I always look at after the game, I think it's so interesting to look at the game flow on like the ESPN app. And that one made me sad. <laughs> it's just like, 
there was a constant gap of about, you know, I don't know, 15 to 20 points the entirety of the game. <laughs> I was just like, wow. These are two very parallel lines, and that is not what I like to see in my game flow chart. <laughs> right? And it was like, yeah, I was. I kept saying, you know, if we can just get within 15, if we can get... <laughs> <laughs> and then 10 by the fourth quarter will be golden and it just it just kept staying right at that uh that alliance that first quarter just killed us yeah I mean I I haven't watched a game like that where we've been on that end of it for a long time I think we went won a game recently where we went up big in the first quarter and then the other people just never recovered but it's like those games just are not even fun to watch at all there's like no entertainment value in them for me and so, but I did watch it. I watched, well, I watched two through four. So you can't call me fair weather. But I, is that the night that I tweeted and deleted? I think it was. I think it was too. No, <laughs> was it New York? No, it was Brooklyn. It was Brooklyn. I think it was the Nets game. Yeah. I was just really, so like part of the fun of watching jazz games is like being on Twitter, right? But like Twitter was just a sh- storm on Tuesday night during the next game and admittedly so like the Jazz did look terrible and they like just their head was not in the game they did not listen to Troy Bolton they were just like (laughs) I don't know like it felt really I don't know everyone was talking about effort and like that they were hungover and all these like uh, I don't know all these things and it's like I really don't know if it was effort or if they were just like out of sync for some reason but they looked, they were terrible. And so like, but I was just like annoyed with how everyone was reacting to it. <laughs> and so, yeah, I tweeted and deleted that night, but it's fine. Do you want to share what you, you tweeted or do you want to keep that? Oh, <laughs> well, I was getting annoyed by a lot of different things. So it's like, there were some people flirting on my timeline and then there were people like blatantly tweeting inaccurate things that like, if they had just googled for like one second or stopped to think for like three seconds they would realize they were wrong and then people were like like being really rude and terrible and annoying about the jazz and so I tweeted about all three things I was just like uh, I was like I'm annoyed with like 65% of my timeline right now and I was like stop flirting stop tweeting untruthful things that you can just fact check and stop on the jazz but I try and be positive on my social media and so for the most part and so I was just like, I, I'm tweeting it, released all the emotions. And then I was like, okay, I don't want to deal with the fallout. <laughs> so I deleted it. <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah, I was getting super annoyed too. Because when I go to Twitter, I need people to reassure me. I need people to build me up and make me feel happier about our situation. And there was not much of that to be found. <laughs> so yeah, it for was a... Uh, which I shouldn't expect that from Twitter anyway, but (laughs) (laughs) me and you need to have our own, I guess I was gonna say our own thread that would be called our text messages, which I did reach out to you. And I was like, I'm so annoyed with Twitter right now. So that's funny. We, but yeah, I can always reassure you. I feel like we tend to fan more similarly though. I did yell at you at the game that we went to against the Clippers for (laughs) being mad at Rudy. Sorry about that. (laughs) It's okay. It's fine. But I feel like we tend to, yeah, fan similarly. So, like, try and remain optimistic, but, like, get frustrated with them at times. And so we can always – I'll just, just lean on me. I'll lean on you. It'll be okay. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. It's just – it's so weird when 
jazz twitter has i mean it's not weird but i mean when twitter has a meltdown it is just not a fun place to be the jazz twitter is not a temperate place is there either like yes we're amazing nba champions or we suck blow it up donovan and rudy aren't worth the money i hate being a jazz fan (laughs) just like (laughs) bro Ricky Rubio's not around anymore, but, like, you need to listen to his never too high, never too low. Like, just chill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So. I, and I feel like we have games like this every season. And yes. I feel like it's, I feel like it's every team, too. Like, the Clippers are still getting hype, and they got beat by 50 by Dallas. I mean, yeah. Milwaukee lost to the Jazz. Does that mean Milwaukee <laughs> is horrible now? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, like, they... They, I think that's what I see on like Tuesday, on t- you know, nights they lose to the Knicks or th- how they lost to the Nets. They're like, good teams don't do this. And it's like, I agree, like, good teams don't do that consistently. But like, I don't know, good teams definitely do that. I'm sure the Lakers had losses last season that were probably unexpected and not great. It's like, it's just, I think it's unreasonable to expect an NBA team to play at a high caliber level level for 82 games. Like, this is always going to happen. And I, like, I'm not saying that there's not reasons to be concerned about the Jazz because they have been a little inconsistent and they, like, they have stretches where they look really good and then they have stretches where they don't. So I'm not saying, like, they are contenders, but it's just, like, I feel like the doomsday, like, freak out meltdowns just... I don't know. I'm just like, well, if you feel that way, then just like get off the bandwagon because you're making it not fun for everybody else here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. I don't and know. I, think, I think with uh, with these games, you don't want to make excuses, but it can't be easy playing these this tight schedule while also flying to a different time zone and dealing with all these health protocols. I, I can see them yeah. being fatigued and having some rough games. But like I said, it's not an excuse. It's just an observation. So Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think I read something like they were targeting their next practice for like next Tuesday or something like that. So it's like because of the clip of the games and the schedule, they can't even really practice. And so it's like it's hard to make adjustments when you can't practice. But I mean, they did look better um, against the Bucks, so and I think I'm sure they're doing film and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. I wish I knew more about like their day to day schedules a little bit, but um, but anyways, yeah. So they did the the Nets, and then they played the Knicks the very next night, and that one was a tell of two halves, I think. Yeah, they started out really great. They had that 18 point lead. Yep, and they lost it. And yep. ended up losing uh, 100 to 112. They actually lost by 12. I forgot yeah. that it was that much. Yeah, they ended up losing to Austin Rivers is basically what ended up happening, which was so annoying. <laughs> I oh. hate him. He's such a smug son of a <laughs> <laughs> He is. Do not. He is a smug SOB. You know he is. That's just good alliteration. Smug. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think that one was I mean, the Nets game was so frustrating for a different reason, but the 
Knicks game was like, yeah, they had that lead, and then it was close, and then all and all of a sudden they just like went ice cold, and then Austin Rivers could not miss, and like if it had been anyone else, I don't think I would have been as annoyed, but of course it had to be him, so. Because, yeah, it was it was tied at 96, and then didn't Austin Rivers, like, score the rest of their points, basically? <laughs> yeah, and we had some – we've had some really bad turnovers. Like, I know turnovers happen, but ours have been, like, extra ugly. Yes. No, I think – it really – it does – I hate saying this, but it's, like, it feels a lot like last year in terms of the inconsistency and in terms of the turnovers. Because and the reason I hate saying it is because I just like hoped that it would be different, but it's just like the same problems are plaguing them. <laughs> like turnovers, I feel like have always been an issue. And when they take better care of the ball, obviously they play better. But it's just like they give up these easy points on these stupid, terrible turnovers. And it's not well. I was gonna say it's not just one person, but Donovan definitely seems to be the most egregious offender to me. I don't like have any data to back that up other than like just my memory of like watching yeah. these games. Do you agree with that? Do you think Donovan's turning it over more than most? Yeah, I seem to notice his he he tries to make those and he he usually succeeds in making those really fun, cool passes, but some of these have just been so lazy. Yes. It's almost like you can't do one of your baseball passes with two guys in between yeah. you and your, uh, who you're passing it to. So I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Just from the eye test. I mean, his are pretty memorable. So yeah. I also hopefully. feel like Joe has been turning it over more this year too. Well, I don't know if it's more than usual, but I would, I would say when I think of turnovers, I think of Donovan and Joe, but it's like Conley's also, you know, it's like Conley is Rudy's fumbling like passes. Like, no one bogey's turn. I, I remember bogey's turned it over a bunch of times. So Royce stepping out a freaking sideline every freaking game. Like, I don't know how he does that every game. <laughs> like, bro, you have played on an NBA court for 24 years of your life. You should have the spatial awareness to know that your heel is going to be out of bounds when you make that move, especially when you do it every freaking game. <laughs> Like, I get so annoyed at him when he does that. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah everyone's I, it's to blame it, for the turnover, turnovers. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes. They go to Milwaukee on uh, Friday, and they win 131 to 118. I don't know if Roy stepped out that game. I don't think he did. <laughs> he played really well. I mean, for all the crap I'm giving Royce right now, he is shooting the three ball really well. Well, that's all he made against Milwaukee. He looks so good. Also, can we talk about that technical he got for doing his, like, he's doing that celebration where he, like, does the threes kind of, like, out of his, you know, up and down with his arms. He's Uh doing that basically every three he makes this year. But then he got a technical for it in the Bucks game. And I get that he kind of did it in the direction of the player guarding him. But I was just, like, kind of annoyed at the rest. <laughs> I don't know. What did you think of that? Yeah, taunting is such a such a tough call because that's part of the fun of the game. I mean, yes. it's emotional and it's 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 hilarious. It, it produces hilarious content, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I think it's I don't necessarily love it when like other teams do it to us, but <laughs> it's part of the game, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, man. But I just thought it was weird because it's like he's literally been doing it all year. And then all of a sudden he gets called for a tea. I hope that doesn't make him stop doing it, though, because I kind of like it. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, some of these technicals have been a little weak. Yes, agreed. Um, but anyways, I think I, I cut you off, per usual, my bad. Um, but, so yeah, we went to Milwaukee yesterday. Yeah, so we're we're in Milwaukee, and we break our three-point record. Yes! Um, record. And I believe it was, do you know off the top of your head, was it 26? 25. It was 25. Yep. Yep. I know. It's funny when they keep showing that list of like games that it's happened on the broadcast, it's like, they're all in like the past, like five years (laughs) or like, like even two years really. And so it's like, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they break the record again this year. Yeah. And you know what the NBA record is for it? And do the Warriors have it? I assume. (laughs) So I think it's 28 and it broke, they broke it this year. Um, Okay. for sure, NBA three-point record because we were close. And what team did it? Some team did it this year. Uh, oh, Milwaukee! It was, it was Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh huh. And they had twenty. Oh, the, they broke twenty-seven, and they finished with twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Okay, so twenty-nine is the new record. Yeah, I mean, man, if that doesn't show you how much the NBA has changed, what will? Right? Like, lots of people. <laughs> Making lots of threes. <laughs> That's right. And one of those guys um, on the other team was Sam Merrill from mm-hmm. Utah. Yeah. It was, like, fun to see, like, a quintessential Utah boy <laughs> playing on the Bucks against the Jazz. I bet it's, like, what a, what a surreal moment for him. I'm sure he grew up watching and cheering for the Jazz. So that would be crazy. Yeah, and he said that his favorite player is Matt Harpering, and he also wears the number 15. So, you know, there you go. So he's not to be trusted. Cool. Good to know. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. He's not to be trusted. <laughs> Just kidding. He can wear 15 and I'll tell myself it's because it's for Derek Favors and then I'll feel better. That's oh my gosh. Speaking of Derek Favors, can we just like clap for him for a minute? Isn't it nice to have him back? It really is. He <laughs> is. It was fun to see that lineup with him and Rudy both in at the same time again. Yes. It kind of made me a little nostalgic. <laughs> Yeah, he is he is doing really well. It's such an upgrade and he's really embraced his role and he's just the best guy. He, he, you work. he is and he just he hustles and like I mean Tony Bradley was decent at getting offensive rebounds, but I just feel like Derek Favors is just always giving that little extra to get the tap out rebound or to secure the rebound and tap it back or I thought I thought his defense on Giannis on Friday was really good when he played on him. I don't know. I just it's just so reassuring to have his steady presence and his baseline jumpers back in my life. <laughs> yes. So, but yeah, it was fun. I thought I wasn't able to watch the Bucks game live, but I watched it last night, like on replay, and. It was just a fun game. They were playing well. It seemed like the offense was flowing for the most part. They looked pretty good defensively. And, I mean, the Bucks are a good team. I did feel really bad for Giannis when he literally jumped up to Rudy's shoulder and then fell to the ground. That's like he fell like six feet. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a big dude. Like, I, yeah, that was painful to watch. 
But yeah, he looked like he was having a rough game after that too. Like he was just yes. constantly uh, bending over and just didn't look right. So agreed. I wonder if he'll play their next game. Like I wonder if he'll, because um, he finished. I wouldn't say he finished strong, but he finished <laughs> the game. And so but I wouldn't be surprised if he were out for a while. Oh yeah, the other sad thing about that night was that Joe Ingles didn't play. That's right. Our Iron Man, he missed his first game since 2015. That's crazy. He is dedicated and you know, he said it's not a big deal. Like he'll play if he's healthy and if he's not, he won't. You know, yeah. he's very straightforward, but uh yes. I thought he looked pretty good on the sideline. Uh McCoy, I Definitely told you that last night. I was like, is it weird that I'm attracted to Joe Ingles in that black polo right now? Like, ah, what is this? <laughs> he looked good. He did. He looked very assistant coach-like. He did. Oh, my gosh. The other highlight of the Bucks game was that bogey dunk and the bench going wild on the bogey dunk at the towards the end. It was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> And it was over poor Sam Merrill. (laughs) Oh, man. That's so funny. (laughs) It was. Oh, man. But Donovan, like, jumping over the wall and Joe freaked out. It was just, like, fun. It's fun when those moments happen. A good way to end a good win, you know? That's true. And now they only have three more road games of this trip left. They're going to go to Detroit on Sunday. Then they did the back-back with Cleveland and Washington. And then they're back home to play Atlanta on Friday. So we have nice. another full week of basketball coming up. I do. I mean, for them, I feel bad that the schedule such a cliff. But for me, I'm like, I'm so grateful there's jazz basketball basically every other day. And sometimes it's two days in a row. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it looks like our biggest gap this month is the 24th and 25th. So... There's a Sunday and Monday without basketball, and then we're right back at it. <laughs> oh, amazing. And, yeah, so they put the they put the next round of home games on sale. And so I was, like, looking through the schedule. And we have kind of a couple um, two-game series, um, like, to cut down on travel. So we're playing the Pelicans twice, and we're playing the Mavs twice. And so I think that that's going to be kind of fun to have – more of like a baseball series type feel or like a mini playoff type feel to games. Um, yeah. That happens occasionally in normal times, but it's always weird. But this time it's all intentional. And so right. I'm kind of intrigued by it. We'll see how it goes. I know it's going to be fascinating uh, to see how this month shakes out. But you know what? We're off to a fairly okay start. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. And yes. uh And uh, we'll just uh, continue to cheer on our team and be as positive as we can on Twitter. (laughs) Yep. And just hope that the Portland Spurs Milwaukee Jazz show up instead of the Nets Knicks Jazz. (laughs) Yes, please. Okay. So anyway, moving on, I thought today we could do something a little different. And what brought on my idea for our topic of the week was an article from the Salt Lake Tribune that was talking about opposing teams that come to Salt Lake City. Normally, players, when they come to Salt Lake, can do whatever they want, right? But where we're living in COVID-19 times, uh, pandemic times, (laughs) they are a little more restricted. 
So this article was talking about the three restaurants that teams can go to in Salt Lake City. So interesting. I wonder how they compile the list. Right? I wonder that too. I wonder, I have to read some more of this article, but um, they they chose these three restaurants, Red Iguana, Manoli's, and Walter's Osteria. Nice. Have you ever eaten at any of those restaurants? The only one I've ate at is Red Iguana. Okay. I, I've been to Red Iguana and Walter's, but I don't think I've ever been to Manoli's. Where is it? Do you know? Well, it says they're all located close to Vivint Smart Home Arena. Well, I guess it's just Vivint Arena now. It looks so, like it's on 9th South and 4th East. So it's not, and it's a Greek restaurant. Oh, okay. Man, maybe I'll have to try it. It sounds like the owner, the owner says that most of the international players from the Jazz like to go there. Like Boris, Boris Diaw and Rudy Gobert and Ricky Rubio. Well, there's even more reason for me to try it. If I could potentially run into a jazz player there, I need to go to there. <laughs> I mean, after pandemic times, there's no way they're going to restaurants right now. They're for sure getting everything door dashed. Yeah. And unfortunately for uh, James Harden, it looks like they can't go to lounges, bars, clubs. <laughs> they are prohibited from attending live entertainment, from using gyms, spas, and pools. So. so my question for you is how strictly do you think that's enforced and do you think they're all actually following the rules? I don't see how they could get away with it if they're all together as a team, right? But, Wouldn't they have but, to go to places? Aren't they that- not together as a team? I thought the whole thing was like they're all not supposed to hang out together and they're supposed to be in their own rooms. Uh, that's true. I don't know fully exactly what the protocols are, but that's what I've gathered is like they're not because Rudy made some comment about how shoot around was so nice to just like be around his teammates. And I was like, why does he feel that way? And I was like, Oh, it's because they probably can't hang out together. Is that, does that sound right? Does that sound like the protocol right now? Yeah, I think you're right. So, I mean, they could, you know, sneak out or whatever. I'm sure. I mean, you would hope that they're responsible. I feel like the jazz are kind of taking it pretty seriously is it true? Like, it feels like the Jazz are always wearing, the Jazz players are always wearing their masks when they're on the sideline. But I haven't noticed if all the other teams are doing that. In fact, I feel like in the Milwaukee game, like, all the Jazz players were wearing masks. But then after the game, they were, like, saying bye to each other, and none of the, and none of the Bucks players had masks on. <laughs> so, like, are there rules for that? Or is that just a jazz thing where they just are encouraging them to wear masks more and then, or is it an NBA thing and the bucks were breaking the rules? Do you have any idea? I don't, but I have thought that myself, that feels pretty inconsistent. Okay. Because, yeah. Like, yeah, they, they have to wear it on the bench, but I mean, they're playing with each other. Yeah. <laughs> and they're high-fiving and talking after the game. And it's yeah. my favorite is when Quid pulls his down and yells. <laughs> no. <laughs> And I get, I, I do, I mean, it is a little performative to me to, like, have them wear their masks on the sideline, you know, when they're, like, not in the game, and then they just go into the game and play. Like, I get that, and I get, there's, like, people who are annoyed with that, like, that they just feel like it's for optics or whatever. But right. I think, I don't know, I think it's good to model good behavior, so whatever. Um, so, anyways, so, yeah, back to the restaurants. So, um. We'll have to go try Manoli's, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Do you like Red Iguana? Hashtag 
controversial opinion that I have. <laughs> I know I've heard a few people say it's not their favorite, but I've I've liked it every time I've gone. It's not like bad, but like I would prefer to eat. There are several other Mexican restaurants I would prefer to eat at, and I think part of that is like. I think Red Iguana is really famous for their mole, right? Mole. Uh-huh. And I don't like mole. So everything else that I've ever had there is just like fine. It's not bad, but it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm going to crave this. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't know. But Walters is dope. So I'm glad that's on the list for them. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that's a pretty popular NBA team destination. Yeah, there's like pictures of lots of, it's just a popular restaurant in Salt Lake for rich and fancy celebrities <laughs> so <laughs> there's lots of pictures of them on the wall with Walter um, so yeah well I thought um, this was actually your brilliant idea but oh. you could take credit you could take credit McCoy restart <laughs> well, I would say I thought <laughs> well I wanted to change I wanted to talk about this article because I thought it was fascinating with all these measures because I never really thought about like them going out to eat so um since they only get to choose three places emily thought it would be kind of fun for us to choose if we could only eat at three restaurants for the rest of the pandemic (laughs) what would we choose and i thought that was a pretty cool idea (laughs) (laughs) mccoy's so nice to tolerate me and my like can we please make lists of things we love (laughs) (laughs) i love lists it's great I also love lists and I love favorites. Like I always ask people like, what's your favorite this or what's your favorite that? Cause I think it, you can learn a lot about person from that. And like, so many people are like, I don't really have a favorite. And I was like, how do you not have favorites? Like, well, I don't know. It's just like, it's just a weird part of my personality, I guess. But so yeah, I'm excited. So I was thinking, so I'm going to talk about my three favorite, um, the three restaurants that I would want on my list. Um, of approved restaurants in the Salt Lake Valley. And McCoy, you're going to talk about yours from St. George, right? That's right. Perfect. And then I think that you, I think I'll, I think I should pick one St. George one. And I think you should pick one Salt Lake one too. You know, yes. like the place you like to go when you go visit. So yes, let's do I mean, it. Okay. Yeah. So we were trying, I was trying to come up with my three choices and it's so hard because there's so many good restaurants in Salt Lake. And because of the pandemic, I haven't like been to any of them in such a long time. Like, I'm going on a date on Monday and the guy was like, where do you want to go for dinner? And I literally gave him eight choices because I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't decide where I want to go when I haven't been to any of my favorite spots for like such a long time. So he hasn't gotten back to me, so I don't know where I'm going, but I'm just excited to be able to go to any single one of them. And all three of the ones that I picked were on my list that I provided him. So <laughs> wow, that's pretty impressive to do eight picks. And I'm sure that that probably is good for him too. Well, yeah, I hope because, so. Yeah, it's usually like, I don't care wherever you want to go. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to be like, okay, then let's go to Valters. <laughs> you want to drop <laughs> off, you know, $150 on dinner? Sure, great. No, I try I try and keep, try to keep my suggestions reasonable. But um, yeah, there's just so many good options in Salt Lake. I love it. Okay, so um, I think the three that I would pick are Setabello, Sawadi, and spits which conveniently all start with us <laughs> so um Setabello is a pizza place downtown that is so good and I hadn't been for a long time and that's where McCoy and I went for dinner before we went to the jazz game on New Year's Day and it just 
further solidified how much I love it. There are other really good pizza joints in Salt Lake, like Estee's really good. Um, and I even like Pizza Laria Limone for quick, quick trips. But like Fettabello is my fave. Their food is so delicious. So that's my, that one is definitely there. Sawadee is like the popular Thai place downtown. Their portion sizes are huge. And I just really love Sawadee. And it's just like really easy to do family style. And they have good Thai food, but they also have like more like Chinese inspired food. So um, you can kind of get a taste of both, I guess. And then Spitz. I'm just obsessed with Spitz right now. Their streetcar fries are so delicious. And their wraps are really good. And I don't always love like beef and lamb. Like if given the choice between beef and lamb and chicken, I'll always choose chicken, but their beef and lamb is so good. And their feta is so good. So I just find myself craving spits a lot right now. So I think that's why it would make my list. So those mm-hmm. are the three that I would pick. So what is your go-to? So we went to set Bellows, which was my first time and it was mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your go-to menu item there i think it's called the amelia or is that the one let me look it up really fast which is conveniently also my name (laughs) so and i don't pick it because i'm vain i pick it because it's delicious um and also i'm an old lady and if i eat too much tomato stuff i get heartburn (laughs) and so (laughs) and so i prefer pizzas that (laughs) have like olive oil and or have like a white sauce instead (laughs) I'm sorry. It's like so embarrassing to have to say that, but it's true. I inherited it from my mother. It's fine. Um, so is it Bianca or is it Amelia? I think it's Amelia. It's Amelia. It's mm-hmm. Amelia. The Bianca is also good. I always get the, I get the Bianca or the Amelia, but I have to get no arugula on the Bianca because I don't like arugula. But yeah, so it's the Amelia. It's good. It's got corn and prosciutto and like this panna. It's a like a cream and then just delicious cheese and Parmesan. Oh, it's so good. So mm-hmm. and when we went, when I went with McCoy, we tried one of their appetizers and they were goat cheese bacon wrapped dates and they were divine. So excellent. So I also highly recommend those. They were bomb. I've actually been craving those. They were <laughs> so good. You should make um, them next time you do a charcuterie board. Oh, they would be so good on a charcuterie board. Yes. Actually, you could even just goat cheese. You could even just put the figs on your charcuterie board and then you can stuff goat cheese and wrap them in bacon, like with the other things on your board. You wouldn't even have to prep uh, them. That's brilliant. You're hmm. welcome. You're welcome. You just, you're <laughs> full of so many good ideas, Emily. <laughs> Only once in a while. <laughs> but Sawadi, that's something I heard a lot in Thailand. Did you know it means hello? It's a greeting. What? I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> Sawadi. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, that seems appropriate then for yeah. as its name. Have you ever been there to that restaurant, by the way? I have not. I haven't tried many Thai places outside oh. of St. George, actually, and Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> You've had the legit Thai food. Um, well, next time you come up here, we should go to Sawadi. It's good. I don't think they're, I don't think they're allowing dine-in yet, but we could get takeout and it's so good. Very good. Yeah. Those are three solid choices. Yes. And I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. What about a, a strictly dessert place? Or would, what would you go to? Oh, what would you crap. choose? Okay. 
I'm so basic about dessert. Um, because I really just love cookie dough. Um, <laughs> so I love, I love, so gourmandise, they have almond horns and they have something called a, called a marzipan slice. And they both are like almond flavored desserts. One's a, the marzipan slice is like white cake with like a raspberry filling and an almond flavored marzipan on the outside. Then the almond horns are just like a soft, chewy almond flavored uh, pastry and dipped in dark chocolate. Um, And I love both of those. Those are like two of the desserts that I really, really love. Um, But I also really love, um, Oh, I love ice. I love getting ice cream at Leatherby's too. And I'm shocked you didn't pick one of your bougie designer donut places. Oh, <laughs> I am a freaking slut for donuts right now that are delivered to my door. <laughs> These co- I just tried some new one yesterday called Chubby Baker SLC, um, and they're good. But my favorite's still the Powder Peak Sweets. The they're the ones we had when you were in town. They're cronuts, and they are so good. So you're right. <laughs> Those are really good too. <laughs> oh man, it's so hard. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm bougie. I just like, like trying fun things. And I also think it's more fun to support like a bakery that's run out of someone's house more than it is to like go buy donuts at, you know, Harmon's or something. Yeah. So, um, ugh. I feel like I'm forgetting a dessert that I love though. What is it? Cookies. There's lots yeah. of cookies. There's there. so many cookie places. Um, yours is your favorite's Ruby Snap, and theirs are really good. Their ginger snap is amazing. Um, but I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I would re- like recommend for dessert. No, you can cut out that posh, that thinking. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I like those things from Gourmandise, and I like ice cream from Leatherbees. And yeah, love me a good donut. Powder Peak Sweets is bomb. Find them on Instagram. They release their menus on Friday and then you just place orders for the next week and then they just show up at your door and they are amazing. Those were very delicious. The ones that you shared with me. I could eat every day. (laughs) Yes, I know. Speaking of, you tweeted that there's like a new burger place going in in St. George that has donuts for the buns. Excuse me? Yeah, it's (laughs) within walking distance of my home. Well, it's good that you're going to walk there, <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> right? So I was researching it, and I was like, it's called Sugars. Okay, cute. So and that's why, I'm sure, because it's like they use the, the potato donuts, the spud nuts, as the buns. And they're, like, glazed. And I just, that's going to be an interesting combination to eat a burger with donuts. So it's true. But, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try it when it opens <laughs> because I feel like I have to. So, yeah, no, I feel like that's an experience and I bet you, I bet they're good. I bet the savory and the sweet is good. I also bet that it's something you eat once a year because otherwise it'll just like feel like too much. <laughs> yes. Very heavy. So yes, exactly. You can get, so it was funny on their website. You can order it with just normal hamburger buns and it's called, um, sad style. <laughs> that's hilarious so is this like a chain that's been other places or is this like a new like mom and pop thing in St. George it looks like it's a local thing but I it could be a chain I just their website looks very St. George specific so okay nice yeah. um 
McCoy, I remembered what I was going to say for desserts. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so annoying. <laughs> no, it's not good. But next, so next to Santabello, there's a gelato place um, called, I think that one's called Capo. And they have a lemon biscotti gelato that is amazing. And then there's also the, there's Dolcetti Gelato on 9th, uh, Gelato, <laughs> Dolcetti Gelato on 9th and 9th. And they have really good um, gelato as well. So that's another place I really like to get dessert. So, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Out of gelato, ice, Leatherby's ice cream, um, Gourmandise, and donuts. Like, which, which, what is your pandemic pick? What's your one? Oh, donuts for the pandemic. I'm freaking obsessed with them right now. So, <laughs> all right. So, to recap, Emily's pandemic picks are nice. I love the alliteration. <laughs> donuts for dessert and her three restaurants are Spitz, Santabello's, and Sawadi. Yep. You crushed okay. it. I'm going to make my picks and then. I will let you pick your St. George pick, and then I'll make my Salt Lake pick. How does that okay. sound? I bet I can guess your Saint, Saint, uh, your Salt Lake pick, but I'm excited to see what it is. <laughs> I know. There's a few up there, so I'm going to have to really make up my mind. But <laughs> for uh, for St. George, I'm going to go on theme, and my top one is going to be my favorite Greek place, Mad Pita. Nice. It's a place, it's a place I eat at probably once a week. If not more. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. You took me there once. And they have really good gyro. They also have good beef and lamb. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they are... It's an interesting little place. And they know me by name. And <laughs> they know my order. I usually get either the Greek salad or the um, gorgonzola salad. But mm. on, the okay, on occasion, I get the spicy chicken pita and their french fries are the best in town. So, mm, they are good. And, you know, they don't have diet coke in their pot machine, which, you know, takes them down a notch in my book, but it will yes. usually sell for a diet Dr Pepper. The fact that you still are willing to go there despite them not having diet coke just speaks volumes about how good the food is. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> oh man. So that's that's pick number one, Mad Pita. Uh, and my second pick is Zaytava Garden Cafe. Mm. It is in Cayenta, so it's a little ways outside of St. George. Not far. People are like, it's so far. It's not far. It's not far. <laughs> and it's gorgeous. It's surrounded by the Red Rock. It's out in, close to Ivan's. And um, uh, is Cayenta part of Ivan's? I don't know. It's like its own little village. <laughs> so it's in a beautiful setting and their food is really fresh and delicious. And there's just a few things there that I love. I love their um, beet and goat cheese salad. I love their cauliflower tacos. They have a good euro there too. Mm. Um, they have a peach chutney chicken. They have Brussels sprouts with peach chutney. Oh boy! Yeah, you took me there last time I visited. That was all. I think that might have been my choice for St. George TBH. It's so good. Yeah, um, yeah, we had those Brussels sprouts with the goat cheese and the peach chutney, and they were delicious. So yummy! And you're right, the setting and the ambiance is just hard to beat. It's like in this cute little art village, so there's lots of fun art around, and then 
the nature, the red rock and everything is just really beautiful. So definitely recommend checking that place out if you're ever down in St. George. They also have the best hummus. Mm, True. They had these warm pitas with like some salt and pepper on them. And then they had the hummus with the sriracha on top. And they serve it with these really fresh, crunchy cucumbers, tomato. Lots of good options. So good. And they have good drinks. I feel like I had a yummy, I can't remember what it was exactly. It was the mint lemonade. Yes, that is exactly what it was. And it was yummy. Yeah, they like slushy it. They, uh, it's like a frozen um, lemonade drink. And it is fantastic especially on a hot saint george day (laughs) nice yes okay and then my last pick is uh the bougiest of bougie in saint george (laughs) uh is wood ash rye so it's our it's our fine dining establishment down on main street and the boulevard it is part of the adveneer hotel and i have taken emily there twice now so we did a brunch and a dinner and they have the best biscuits I've ever had in my life. So oh, she is not even exaggerating. They are so flaky and buttery and salty and cooked to perfection. And they always they like are always rotating out what jam they have. And it's so good. <laughs> what Ash Rye is bomb. I, I don't think yeah. I've had a bad thing there. Right. It's definitely more on the fancy side, they have um, like a pork and watermelon appetizer that's really delicious. And um, I've had the pasta, I've had the steak, and it's all been very good. Yes, good. And it's a cool spot, like the ambiance and like the, what's the word, what's another word for ambiance that I'm thinking of? The atmosphere, that's what I'm trying to think of. The atmosphere is just like really nice and like the light fixtures are cool and yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you remember last time we were there and the lady didn't see the step and she totally turfed it? Oh, that's right. <laughs> I felt so bad for her. I have contact embarrassment just thinking about it right now. Oh. <laughs> I know I felt so bad. There's this little step in Wood Ash Rye like up to some of the tables and and then there's like a lower part where there's other tables. Anyways, the lady was sitting at up the step but didn't see it and so she when she was going to the bathroom she just totally totally biffed it it was rough and it's not a very a huge room so it's uh you see everything (laughs) yep yep it was rough so those are really solid choices mccoy thank you i i like them and we're not as blessed in the dessert department as folks in the salt lake valley so choosing a place here is a little more difficult. Um, but I think I would have to go with Nielsen's frozen custard. I was going to say, but you, if you're not, you're not a true St. George girl, if you don't pick Nielsen's. Yep. <laughs> so Nielsen's is really good. They have one up here in South Jordan now and it's nice to have it closer. So that is good news. I, I love me a good caramel cashew concrete. Solid choice. I predictably would get cookie dough. So that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so solid choices. I love that. St. George actually has like a decent food scene for, you know, what it is for it being us. You know what I mean by that, right? Like smaller town that's like off the beaten track a little bit. 
no, I think it gets a bad rap sometimes. And I'm just like, you know, we have some really good places that you can't find anywhere else. Yeah. You just got to embrace what you have, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. So you said you, you would pick Zaytava as St. George place. Yeah. I mean, I love, I knew you were going to pick Woodash Rye. So I was like, not going to pick, so I wasn't going to double pick that, but, um, but I, yeah, I think I would pick Zaytava just cause I really, like I said, I really enjoyed our, my dining experience there and their menu had some good stuff on it. So, um, yeah, but I think you mentioned that there's a Thai place down there that's pretty popular. So, and I haven't tried that yet. So I think we also need to do that next time I come. We do Benja's Thai and sushi. It's ah, very nice. good. Nice. And we also went to, what's the Italian joint on, kind of by Woodash Rye, actually. That's Capoletti's, and it is also fantastic. Yeah, Capoletti's, we'll do, I would give that one a shout out, too. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty good. I got Gorgon, didn't I get Noki? I got their Noki, and it was yummy. Yes, yeah. It's very delicious. I Their pasta is just, I've heard they have really good ribeye there as well. Mm. So, I haven't tried it. Nice. Okay, yeah. so what would your Salt Lake choice be? So, oh, this is so tough. But I think the one that I think about the most that we just don't have here is uh, Pretty Bird. Yes, I knew I was going to be right. Oh, I love <laughs> being right. <laughs> oh, man. Pretty Bird's good, man. I am a spicy kind of gal in personality and taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> love that. No, not really. I am not very spicy. I am probably at best uh, mild. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think you can get spicy. Yeah, I think that's... you're generally pretty sweet, but you know, catch you in the right mood, and you can be spicy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I love me some spicy, spicy food, and their um, chicken sandwich is fantastic. So um, I love. Everything they put on on it, the cabbage, the the pickles, the there's pretty bird sauce. It almost feels like it has like a little bit of lemon or something citrusy in it. Mm. But uh, I I'm not really a crinkle crinkle cut fries kind of gal either. But there's man, I just I like everything about Pretty Bird, and I wish there was one closer. <laughs> I ugh, I don't even want to say it because I objectively know Pretty Bird is a good chicken sandwich. But I don't really like it because I don't like the cabbage. I don't like pickles. And I don't like spicy. And I hate crinkle cut fries. Crinkle cut <laughs> fries are the worst kind of fries ever. Were you a part of that conversation that we had? I can't I remember where I was. But I was just talking with my friends. Oh, no, it was a different night. Crinkle cut fries are the lowest of the totem pole of fries. Like, well, that's it's not true. true. Potato wedges are pretty bad, too. But... I can't, like, I just don't even like crinkle cut fries. And I'm pretty sure Pretty Bird only has ketchup. And if you're only offering me ketchup to dip in my fries, I would rather not eat fries. No, they so, have the Pretty Bird sauce. But is it spicy? Uh-uh. Well, it's it, it's the one that tastes kind of citrusy. It's like fry sauce. Maybe it has a little bit of a kick. Maybe I didn't get that last time and that contributed to my disappointment. But, yeah. um, because the chicken itself, like, if the chicken wasn't spicy, it's so good. Like it kind of has cinnamon in it. Like it's like it's like the perfect hint of sweet, and it's like I don't know. It's it's good fried chicken. That is like that. There's no denying that. Um, but I just don't like all the other things they put on the sandwich, and I just can't do spicy. I'm such a white girl, so <laughs> I know. I told when I go into 
Oh, that's uh, that's tough because I could have picked Angelica's here, our taco, our taco oh, place. Mexico. Yeah, uh, they have really good street tacos and they have really good chili verde. And Ooh. when I every time I order it, never fails. You know it's hot, right? Yeah. Yes, I know it's hot. I want it hot. <laughs> Make it extra hot, just because you said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just hate like how you're oops sorry you're eating something spicy and it's just like as you keep eating it your nose just starts running and then your tongue goes numb and then you just can't drink enough water to feel better and it's just like why am I doing this to myself it's not an enjoyable experience so (laughs) I just like to live life on the edge you know me (laughs) risky risky business so (laughs) anyways I love talking about food places. I love trying new food places. So I want other people to tell us what their their top what they'd put on their pandemic list for restaurants and desserts. You know, I thought for sure you were gonna choose Olive Garden. <laughs> Why did you think I was gonna pick Olive Garden? Because it's the OG, man. Never ending soup, salad, and breadsticks. That's <laughs> kiss. Oh man. Yeah, I mean I'm not bougie, but I'm not, like, so low-class that I'm going to eat at Olive Garden. So. Oh, low-class. <laughs> you the know, I actually it, don't hate Olive Garden. No, I, it's good for what it is. Yeah. 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 I would literally never choose to eat at Olive Garden. Like, I will eat at Olive Garden when my grandma chooses that for us, but I would never choose it for myself. What is up with, like, elderly people loving Olive Garden? Because when my <laughs> parents come to town, I want to take them to these nice, delicious places. And they're like, I want to go to Olive Garden. <laughs> I think I think it's accessible. Because my mom's the same way. My mom gets so scared to try new things because she's just, like, afraid she's going to hate them. So she just wants to eat things that she knows and, like, is are going to be good. But I'm always like, mom, just try, like, let's just get Thai food one time. I know, I, like, I know she's going to like pad Thai, right? Or I know she's going to like yellow curry. They're very accessible dishes. She just hasn't ever had them, so she freaks out. And so, but every time I get her, convince her to try it, she loves it. And so, but yeah, my mom's the same way where she's just like, I just want to go to Chili's. And I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> no. Oh, boy. I remember when I was a kid and coming to St. George, like, Chili's was like, oh, boy. That's exciting. That's how I felt growing up too. And then I found, and then I saw the light as an adult where it's like, there's so much better places to eat than all these, you know, Chili's, Applebee's, TGI Friday's places. Yeah. We do, we do have some good places here in, here in Utah. And uh, you know what? We're going to try even more. So yes. Thank you for indulging me because I really wanted to talk about food because you know, it's just fun to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, anyways, hopefully the NBA players enjoy their time at Walters, Manolis, and Red Iguana. Hopefully they like mole more than I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, moving on. We are going to talk about our social media post of the week. Woohoo! Wrap it up. So, this is what I wanted to do. I didn't tell Emily this before, but last week or last episode we talked about her awesome outfit and how she posted it with the take note flag and the Utah jazz account recognized the awesomeness of this photo and they posted it on their Twitter account. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're so nice. <laughs> yeah, they did. It was kind of like a fun moment to be like, oh, I'm on the Jazz Instagram account. And then this bishopric member, who I actually really love, reached out to me and he was like, I saw you on the Jazz Twitter account today. You're officially famous. And I was like, bro, no, I'm not. But like, it's funny to me now that my bishopric member is following me on Twitter because of it. <laughs> that is pretty cool. <laughs> no, it's not cool. But it's funny. <laughs> yeah. He's such a nice guy. But I feel, do you ever feel this way about Twitter? Like Twitter are like, mostly people who follow me there are people I don't know in real life. And so it's like almost like a place where I can be a little more authentic or a little bit more like, you know, what's the word? Daring or controversial. And so it's like when people I actually know in real life follow me on Twitter, I'm like, I am mad at you. Like, don't follow me here. This is my safe social media space. <laughs> like, leave me alone. So, oh, anyways. I get that. But, but yeah, no, so that was a fun thing. Um, I didn't know we were going to talk about that. I thought we were going to talk about Draymond Green. <laughs> well, I wanted to surprise you, so. Oh. <laughs> You're so fun. Um, but yeah, so there's a video going around today of Draymond Green, and a reporter reached, like, asks him, um, like, do you wish that there was, like, just as much respect for defense as there was for offense? Like, do you wish that, like, keeping good position on defense was, like, as sexy as, like, a splashy three? And he kind of, like, laughs to himself. And he's like, yeah, but, like, that would mean that people would have to, like, know basketball. And most people don't know basketball. <laughs> and so he's like, I feel like that would be, you know, too much to expect of them. It would be great. But it's just like, I just know that's not realistic. And so, and then another reporter follows up with him and he's like, you say that people don't know basketball. Like, can you elaborate on that? And he's like, yeah, like, I'm super grateful that like, I'm one of the people who actually knows basketball. And he's like, but there's all these like internet pundits out here who think that they know what they're talking about, but they really don't have a f-ing clue. <laughs> and he basically just like calls out basically all of Twitter. And I'm sure he's calling out like, you know, blog boys. <laughs> what was that? Blog boys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and just saying like, it's easy for them to critique from their couch, but like they really don't have a clue what it's actually like. And so while he, like he's fine to just, you know, do what he needs to do to like play well. And he doesn't like need their praise. And like, it was just like a funny, interesting video. And like, I would never claim, like claim to be like a top, like, I don't really know what I'm talking about with basketball. Right. Like I watch it for fun. I maybe know like a tiny bit more than like, the average person because there's a huge part of the world who doesn't care about sports at all and that's the only reason I'm a little bit above average (laughs) but like um so yeah I would never claim to be that and I think that's that's literally our Twitter bio isn't it like if you're looking for hard-hitting analysis this ain't it (laughs) like (laughs) and I love that because that like I don't feel pressure to like provide hard-hitting analysis because whatever so anyways but like as he's talking the only thing I can think of is like there are so many dudes watching this right now thinking, oh, he's not talking about me. This doesn't apply to me. I know basketball. It's not me. He's talking about everybody else. <laughs> it's like, no, bro, he's talking about you too. <laughs> like, you don't have a clue. So it's, I just it's like, it was sir, like, yeah, I played, yeah. I played junior jazz. <laughs> I, I was the captain of my basketball team. In high school. No, in still high doesn't school. Count. <laughs> and my high school was 114 kids, 7 to 12. So, you know, <laughs> take that as you will. I know. But. Well, and I think that's why I get so frustrated with jazz Twitter is it's like they're out here, like, 
saying like, you know, that the jazz are terrible or that the G you know, that the front office is making huge mistakes. And I'm just like, you guys think that you would do a better job, but you wouldn't, you just wouldn't do a better job. And so I just like, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing to me that when people think that they know better than a professional, that's just not my personality. So do you want to hear something that annoyed me this week? Yes, always. Well, I put out on Twitter, like, I think it was the Knicks game. And I was like, I hope we have enough juice in the fourth. And someone replied to me and was like, I hope we don't. We don't deserve to win. And I was like, what a stupid thing to hope for. (laughs) Did you say that back to them? No, I should have. I was going to be like, what a strange thing to say. Like, I hope my team loses because they, what in the hell kind of fan are you? (laughs) For reals. I like. Do you think that you're like you're proving a point by hoping they lose? Like, do the do you think you're smarter than all of us because of that? Like, I don't know. What a weird thing to say. Sometimes I'm like, the things people say to me, and if you're listening and you reply to me and you say stupid stuff, just stop. <laughs> There's the spicy McCoy we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's funny. No, oh yeah. No, don't. I'm sorry. The most of the people who respond to me are are very nice and very smart. And if I say something smart alecky back, like just know it's not personal. It's just me being coy. <laughs> coy K O Y E or Coy C O Y? Well, I guess in some instances it can be C O Y if I'm if I'm feeling a little flirty. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. But yeah, anyway, so if you haven't seen that Dream on Green Clip, I think it's like worth the, it's like a minute 40. It's just kind of funny and interesting. And if you watch it, don't think this doesn't apply to me because it definitely applies to you. Unless you are an NBA employee. (laughs) And by that, I mean the GM, coach, or player. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. There are other people who know basketball really well. And I don't want to discount that. So (laughs) we could all use a little self-awareness. So true. So, so true. So, well, this has been a lovely chat, Emily. It's always a good chat with you, McCoy. (laughs) And uh, we will be back soon to talk about more jazz games and more fun topics. Yeah. Everyone have a good week and stay warm. And we can survive this January together. Yes, we got this. Go jazz and goodbye. Go jazz.